for media. Blockchain news, crypto crews and interviews. Keeping you tuned in to the ecosystem. Hello and welcome to Core Radio. Tonight, Sunday, and uh, we are relaxing today. We have uh, an interesting technology. It is all about verification. Uh, this niche that's getting taken over now is uh, some type of checksum verification type niche where you could verify everything you send and receive, uh, whether it be email or you know other other methods of transmitting things like uh, downloads and such. Uh, you can make sure that what you get is the genuine article. Uh, today, we have uh, Mr. Tom and Mr. Justin on with us. They are the leaders and creators and developers of Radon, which uh, is called RADS. A lot of people calling it RADS. So, uh, welcome, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Glad to be here. So... So, Tom, uh, what's your part in Radon? I was the initial founder of the project. It started out as an altcoin experiment sort of thing, but then it really transitioned into what it is today, where we are actively trying to promote the smart chain, which is Justin's doing in the business. And we promote the smart chain for business usage, for personal usage, for everything of that nature. And we develop the integrations to make the information more accessible to the general public. Okay, so, so you kind of do the marketing thing. More or less, yeah, the business side of it. All right, under the table deals, we'll talk about that later. And Justin, are you the are you the new developer? I've been doing some development since probably 2005 is when I first started writing code. I wasn't real big into it at that point. Um, I did. Mostly some stuff just for myself and for a couple friends. And I started developing. I wrote some um, dispatching software and route planning software for uh, an EMS company. So that's where I really started getting, in, getting into programming. Then in around 2014 or so, um, I built a workstation uh, that had a lot of processing power. And I decided, you know... I'm not using this for anything, so I Google, you know, how to, what, what, what do you do with a powerful computer? And I ran into this thing called uh, Litecoin that everyone was mining, and people were just starting to get into these graphics cards and the graphic card mining at that point, and that's how I got into crypto. I got in first as a miner, and then um, slowly started developing for different um, crypto-based applications. That's a Real quick summary. Yeah, it's, it's similar to how I, I got in. I, I started out with, with uh, Bitcoin and then Litecoin. And then uh, I started creating all these monster machines that are now kind of useless. Yep. Uh, it takes becomes an two. addiction. Yeah. It, you know what? It, it, I'm not going to lie. It was fun. Man. I, had a, I had a lot of fun doing it. Too fun I, now. I, <laughs> yeah. now. Now I get the electric bill. It's definitely not fun anymore. Just, like, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm definitely not covering my costs over here. Got to wait until Ethereum pulls through with their peer-to-peer -peer solar network. Yeah, oh, oh well, we could, we could, we could only hope. I, I, you know, there's always proof of stake. Right? So how does, how does your coin, how does RADS work? Is that a proof of stake, proof of work? It's a, currently, it's currently proof of stake uh, version 3. Um, Based off of Blackcoin, it was uh, it was originally original distribution was a uh, script proof of work, and then it transitioned to proof of stake after the initial distribution. It's been proof of stake for most of its life. And, and how is how is the coins distributed? Was there any uh, you know initial taking for marketing effect? No, it was one hundred percent pure um, proof of work distribution. So. Whoever was mining during the proof of work phase um, were the original coin holders. 
though we did not take any uh, coins. There was no pre-mine. Um, there was no none of that sort of shenanigans. No ICO either. All right, very cool. That, that's 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 a, ni a nice way to start it. Um, you know, unfortunately, I I do I'm okay with them taking a little bit in the beginning. You know, because you do need some funds to to develop and to uh, market you know the product. And you know, in this in this uh, economy that we have, it's it, then you know I'm not going to say they're not giving because you know there are ICOs out there that are making a lot of money, but you know, it's it, it's it's hard to to raise the funds you need. Oh, absolutely. So, so t tell us about the the idea behind radon. And now, I I did some research, and I I noticed that uh, it seems to be a niche that that's gaining popularity. Uh, verification. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Um, the idea behind radon is that. In, you know, everyone uses blockchains mostly for financial transactions. That's what Bitcoin is based on. Um, that is what I would say 90% of other um, coins do. But very core of how a blockchain works, financial transactions are just information. It's just data. And what Radium figured is, you know, why don't we look at putting some other stuff into the blockchain. It doesn't have to be a financial transaction. Why don't we say, put information in the blockchain regarding the identity of an individual? Or why don't we put in the information regarding, um, like say, a hash of a file? So everyone's pretty familiar with how blockchains and financial transactions works. So you send some Bitcoin or some other coin. It's incredibly hard to change that record that's in the blockchain because of either the proof of work requirement or the proof of stake requirement. But now we've leveraged that same security and added that to an identity so that if you were to um, receive, say, a file or something from somebody, you could look up that identity in the blockchain and have the same sort of confidence that the information that you're looking at is valid that you would uh, if you were looking at a Bitcoin or uh, some other sort of blockchain-based transaction. So that's kind of what we do. We decided, you know, we can do more with the blockchain than what is being done in a lot of the um, current sector. All right. So so what kind of, what kind of, ver I, I like the verification idea. I'm not too keen on somebody putting my identity anywhere, but but the verification part of it uh, sounds like a great thing. So if I was a regular business person, right, say I'm a, I run a company and uh, I want to utilize your service, how can I utilize my service in, you know, a big, uh, in a, let's say it's a huge corporation, in a big corporation that has emails going back and forth to people, uh, live messaging, uh, you know, confidential documents uh, being downloaded. Uh, how can I use your service? Well, the, the first step is to create an identity in the blockchain, which can contain as little or as much information as needed. Um, an identity can be just a username, or it can be a username, a description, address, phone number, um, website, email. That sort of thing that you would see in a general, um, kind of like a phone book thing. And then once. Uh, so I could just put Bob in accounting. Pardon? So I could just put Bob in accounting with my secret password. Sure, you could. Um, and then once you have that identity, you can use that identity and the associated private keys, uh, which would be Radiant private keys, to sign, sign an email to sign the hash of a file, um, you can take a file, like say an important document or contract, hash that file, record that file in the blockchain with the signature of the identity, and then an end user, if there's any question about the validity of that document, 
can then use our software, hash the file themselves, and look up and see if if um, that file was indeed hashed and signed by the identity that they think it should be hashed and signed by. So, for example, if I wanted to send you a contract, um, I would hash that contract with the software, sign it, and record it in the blockchain. And then I could send you the contract file. Um, if there be any question as to whether that was the actual contract I sent you, or if there was concerns that it may have been intercepted by hackers or had been altered in any way, you could take that contract using the same soft, the same smart chain software, hash that contract and do a lookup on the blockchain and see that yes, that is indeed the same contracts that I hashed and signed. Or if it had been compromised, you would hash it and end up with a different hash, which on lookup would come back as unknown. So you have a mechanism of looking at the blockchain and seeing whether um, a file or a contract or something of that nature is legitimate or whether it's been tampered with. So, so you create a hash uh, with, the, with your software. What, what kind of software is this? Um, this is the smart chain, Radium smart chain software. Um, it is what we're in the process of developing. We had a four, uh, 2.4 version, which is out but is depreciated um, at this point. We hope to have our 3.0 version out. I, I don't really like to give dates, but soon. Um, probably very early in the new year. But what it is, it's a software that sits on top of a radium wallet. And then through the radium wallet, we'll read the chain and uh, generate the transactions necessary to either record hashes or create identities. And then also it'll perform the hashing and the lookups on the on the chain. All right. Uh, is, so when a file gets hashed, does the whole file get saved into your software, or how does that work? No, it, do, it doesn't save the entire file. It saves just the hash. Um, I like to talk about hashes as like fingerprints for a file. Like every every person has unique fingerprints, and the same way every computer file has a unique hash. Um, so, like a, different pictures will have different fingerprints, or different documents would have different fingerprints. So when you, yeah. So anytime a file is changed just a little bit, the fingerprint would change. And so what we do is we take the file, we hash it, create that fingerprint, and then um, use that fingerprint and save that into the blockchain. The actual file, the entire file itself, is not saved. So the user retains control over that file. And if there's any concerns about, you know privacy or about what the contents of that file is there is no way known way in computer science at this point to reconstruct a file from a fingerprint um, the computational power required to even come anywhere close to even thinking about doing that is hundreds of thousands if not millions of times more than what is even exists on the planet at this point Security there is uh, pretty sound. Oh, cool. So, is this similar to uh, the old school checksum? It is similar. Um, yeah, it is basically the same um, same process. Uh, we use um, some of the newer newer hashing functions, depending on which old school checksum you want to talk about. Like MD5, I think has been uh, depreciated. We're using SHA-256 right now, um, but it, yeah. it is basically the same the same concept. I, I remember MD5. That every time I downloaded a file, you always had to make sure that MD file uh, checksum was exactly the same. Absolutely. Um, an interesting note on like checksums and everything. There, um, a lot of people still use checksums, and there was, I think it was about a year ago, Linux Mint had a breach of their website where they offered um, 
ISO downloads for Linux Mint for people who wanted to install it. And what the hackers did was they uploaded compromised versions of the ISOs so that if someone would you know, download the ISO to install Linux Mint, they would actually have installed a uh, malicious version. Now, that's all and good if you're checking your checksums. However, since they also breached the hat, the they also breached the website. They also changed the checksums on the website. So the checksums on the website matched the illegitimate downloads, which would have tricked any good user who was indeed checking their checksums into believing they had legitimate software. Yeah. Now, so your method far superior than using the OK checksum? Right, because what we do is record our, the checksums into the blockchain. So even if, in the case of the Linux Mint attack, um, even if a website which was publishing the checksums had been breached, the incorrect checksums published by a hacker would not have existed in the blockchain under the identity of the people publishing the software. So had the Linux Mint system been using our system, if somebody had gone to verify the files that they believed were correct but were actually malicious, our software would have said, hey, this isn't good, this file is unknown, you should probably not trust it. Nice. All right. How about, how about for downloads? How does it work with downloading? Like, uh, say you have like a, a movie. You want to make sure that, you know, or, yeah, let's say a movie. And you want to, you want to uh, make sure people are downloading the correct, you know, home recording of, you know, whatever you're recording at home. Uh, how does that work? Sure. So, um, let, let's say I make a home movie of, um, of my cat, for example. And so I, I make the movie, and then using the Radium Smart Chain software, I would create a hash, a checksum, fingerprint, and then using a special smart transaction, it would record that into the blockchain. And then I could go on um, any number of download sites say, hey guys, here's my movie, go ahead, download it and check it out. But before you run it or open it, just check it with the smart chain software and make sure it's the right one. So they could go to CNET or wherever they want to download it from, download the movie, and then using the smart chain software, check it and make sure that it has the correct checksum or fingerprint as the one that I claim to have uploaded. And since the my identity and the checksum that I recorded is all in the blockchain. They don't have to rely on any outside services or any other servers or any other points of integration that could have been compromised. Right. So, so what does it work with? If uh, so, what kind of services could could it work with? Does it work with uh, you know, IPFS? You know, interplanetary filing system for a more distributed, uh, you know, effect, or you know, is it more like drop Dropbox type of stuff? It, our system will work on pretty much any file. Um, the method of how it's shared, um, Dropbox or Torrent or anything, um, really doesn't matter. The uh, our system will work regardless of how um, a file is transmitted, whether it is by like Dropbox or email, Google Drive, anything like that. Um, so we we don't specifically deal with how the file is shared. We just deal with making sure that people are getting the file that they think they're getting from the person they think they, they think they are getting it from, and that the files are legitimate. Right. Uh, so, are are you guys the first to do to do this? Is there is there any other technologies out there that you're in, in competition with? Um, it wouldn't be fair to not mention Factum. Factum does some things that are very similar to what we do. They focus a lot on 
file verification side. Um, but where we're different is we have the identity side. Like Factum doesn't deal, to the best of my knowledge, Factum doesn't deal with creating identities in the blockchain. Um, where that is something that we do. We do create the identities or allow users to create the identities in the blockchain and then link a file that they downloaded to that identity. Factum doesn't do that specifically. And of course, there's a whole bunch of other technical differences which um, really aren't worth mentioning. Yeah, well, well we could get into that in, in another show. I want to try to make this as simple for users as possible. Of course. Uh, yeah, because if I put it on Facebook, you know, there's a lot of normal people there, not geeks like us, and you know, they don't understand that technical stuff. I just want them to understand how they could use it in their normal life. So, so businesses could use this. How? What other use cases do you see for for your uh, your product? Do you, do you want to jump in and talk a little bit, Tim? I've been talking a lot. I can. Yeah, sure. Um, one, grab a cup of coffee. One specific way that businesses could utilize the smart chain and the um, mechanisms of the smart chain is through our deferred, through our delegate fee system. And the delegate fee system allows businesses to use smart chain services without needing to purchase Bitcoin and then purchase radium tokens. Because currently, that's what's required for any other blockchain technology is the purchase of the underlying token. But through the delegate fee system, we allow those companies to simply have a, a subscription through us, through Project Radium, that they can pay with a debit card, a credit card, bank wire, whatever they want to. And they can record thousands, hundreds of thousands of records to whatever whatever they desire and so through that system they can create their smart chain identity and we can verify that identity for them through a similar system to extended validation that certificate authorities issue and so that means they validate that you are a business owner that you are at whatever address you're at that you are the owner of your phone number and it instills that extra sense of trust that other checksum systems don't have. For example, I can name two other competitors. There's DigiSign from Digibyte, and there is um, there's Tyrion. And you could record checksums just fine through their systems. But the thing about that is an attacker could easily could easily record the malicious checksums of those files as well. So through the smart chain, when you look up a checksum, it will link back to that identity so you can have confidence that it's not just coming from Joe Schmo. And businesses can use those checksums or fingerprints to record, let's say, email messages. So let's say you're a bank that needs to send out information to its customers. and that information could be modified by an attacker to trick someone into providing their bank details, and otherwise that's known as phishing. Well, through the smart chain, they could include a link to our service called Smart Chain Verify that opens up a web browser window, and it will automatically verify all the information within that email. So your grandma checking her emails won't be tricked by some attacker because she'll know to open up that link and to make sure that the email really came from Bank of XYZ. And not only could you apply that system to any message, but you could apply that system to contracts, as Justin was saying. You could apply that to anything that you can digitize. Oh, very cool. Uh, if I was... How about a how about normal like uh, average people like me? Uh, where can I use this in my life? I'm not a business anymore. I'm just a normal average guy. And how can I utilize this? If you know, I'm I'm just just a homebody. You know, I, you know, is there a way for me personally? How do you see 
some you know average people that are you know aren't businesses utilizing this for themselves personally on a personal level well i think it will primarily be businesses using utilizing it to protect their customers but for example if you were purchasing a house or you were purchasing a car nowadays if someone got a hold of those paper titles those paper deeds municipalities don't necessarily have the systems in place to protect against someone swapping out their name on those paper documents so you could digitize a copy of those land titles of those car records of those ownerships that in such a way that you could show to a court that hey i own this at this date and here's my identity linked to that record and so it becomes much harder for theft to claim things just because the city can't keep track of their own records. And this isn't as much of a major problem in America and other Western countries as it is some place like Haiti, where recently during Hurricane Matthew, they had their entire land registry wiped out. And so what could have been done is those landowners could have recorded even just one record of their land and the government would know that hey they own this piece of property at this specific date so it basically shifts ownership back into your hands whereas you don't have to rely on someone else vouching for you all right yeah that, that sounds you know what that's a great idea because keep in mind here in the united states the doctor is only uh liable to keep your your records for 10 years after 10 years they could throw it in the garbage so if they give you a pill that screws you up 10 years later they, they're not they're not responsible anymore they have no record of you even being there or taking that pill or them prescribing it to you so for all you people that have children out there make sure you get your records from your doctors and you keep them yourself uh and on that note you could also now use uh use this technology to uh to, you know to keep it keep you know, keep it on record right absolutely and that's a great usage scenario too because i'm sure you could imagine if somebody was to raise an issue you know 15 years later saying hey look i have these records that i was given this pill that caused a problem you can imagine the doctors are going to say, oh, that's not true. We don't know where those records came from. Those records are made up. You, you're you just doing this just to, you know, take me to, for on a run for some money. Well, no, it's, that's already happened. It's called Accutane. Uh, sure. That, that, that's where I got it from. I, 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 I took it and uh, it gave me some digestive issues uh, <laughs> later on that everybody's had the same complaint many years later. And uh, the same issues I had. So when I went back to the doctor, they have no record. I'm like, what do you mean you have no record? You prescribed me the drug. And so some goddamn experimental drug. You know, and I was young and my mom didn't speak English. She was off the boat of time, you know. So you know, as, as far as they're concerned, they, they think, you know, doctors are bad. Right. And, you know, they listen to everything they say, you know. And I was too young to, to know anything. You know, I just took what, you know, I was just a kid. And right. So... So yeah, you got to, you know, it's important to keep those records, get those records, you know, put it on the goddamn blockchain. And uh, so you have evidence when it comes to, uh, to suing the bastard. For sure. And specific, one of the really cool things is the time verification, because if they, like, they came back and said, you know, we don't have any record of this, you can go back to the blockchain and say, no, this record existed. 15 years ago at this particular date. So you could say, you know, this person had these files or these medical records at this date. So there is no, there can't be any question as to whether those particular records existed back then. And it removes any chance that those records could have been altered. So it really would shoot down any argument that the doctor might have saying, oh no, he just made it up. Now, if, if, you, if you were to go back and find them on the blockchain, what would it look like? Let's say you, you, had, to, you had to go back and look for these records. Sure. You found that particular hash. What does it look like? 
hash itself, if you were to like look at it, it looks like just a string of letters and numbers. So you have to have the corresponding document that originally created that hash. What it allows you to do is, since that document created that hash or fingerprint 15 years ago, it'll still create the same hash now. So that if you have a, say, your medical records and you hash it and you get the same hash that's recorded 15 years ago, then there is very, very small chance. And by small, I mean we're talking incredibly small that that could have. Um, let me roll back. So if the hash existed 15 years ago is the same hash that you get when hashing a document that document has to be the same document that produced the original hash because the chance of just making up a hash 15 years ago that would then match the document that you have now is infinitesimally small got it so that hash is created from the word the wording on the document yes Every every digital well, every digital file has a fingerprint, um, and if that fingerprint hadn't changed in fifteen years, you know that you still have the original document. Now, if the document was in paper form and not digital, how would that change things? Unfortunately, it only works on digital documents. But what you could do is you could take a picture um, of the document, you could scan the document into the computer, and then you would have a digital file that you could create a fingerprint from. So you could make a, like a photocopy, um, or I guess a scan, not a photocopy, or take a picture with a, like a smartphone or digital camera or something like that, so long as you can correlate between that digital copy and the hard copy, you should be fine. Cool. And, and, and you know, getting off the doctor thing, uh, say you get a new car, right? And they give you the certificate of title. You could probably put that on the, on the radon chain, right? Absolutely. You just, um, if it's a paper document, you would just need to scan it. Um, so then you would have a digital version and use the smart chain software, create the fingerprint or check and record it in the blockchain. And then you can absolutely prove beyond any reasonable doubt that at that particular time when you recorded that transaction that you had that file or that scan of that file at that particular time. Nice. You know what? I could see this working uh, you know, for a lot of other blockchain technologies that are coming out. You know, like uh, Incent just opened up, uh, you know, a, they have a whole... Uh, an office, you know, where they're doing a lot of paperwork, and I can imagine them utilizing another service that is on the blockchain, like they are, to to verify their their documents, their business dealings. Absolutely. And so it, that's nice. Nice to see a blockchain working with a blockchain. Absolutely. Yeah, that's awesome. That that's what it's all about. Uh, you know, you got. Uh, I don't think you can really do it with video games. Well, you could prove you bought a video game. Uh, you could, yeah. I, I mean, this could work. And then you you buy a laptop, you put the receipt on the on the radon chain, right? And there you go. Somebody steals it. Go look. I bought it right. I got oh, it right here. The other absolutely. You can anything that you could make a scan of, take a picture of, or any digital file has a fingerprint that could be recorded and verified on the blockchain. Now the question is, would it hold up in court? But uh. I, I don't see why not. If you could prove how it works, yeah, I think it. I think it might work. Yeah, I at this point, I don't know. I don't have any strong legal precedent for how that would hold up in court, but I'm sure you could get a good computer uh, forensics expert who would testify that you know after you know a good look at the software and somebody who understands the system would take a look at it and say, oh yeah, absolutely, this is definitely valid. That's, that's, that's really cool. Are you guys uh, working with any other uh, companies? Um, not at the moment, but we are in talks with some 
some private companies, and unfortunately we can't say much about it right now because of NDA limitations, but there is a lot of interest out there in blockchain verification more than what you would expect from an emerging technology. Um, one thing that I would like to say about the, about the legal precedents, I think that given the government is accepting Bitcoin cases, that by default, if they accept a financial blockchain record, which is any Bitcoin transaction, any alt altcoin transaction, then they would also accept a record interpreted by an external piece of software. Oh, that is a good point. Yeah, because if, if, if the government is accepting that a Bitcoin transaction is valid, what they would, a premise that they would have to accept in order to, say, hack somebody for Bitcoin, which we all know that they've been trying to do, if you look at Coinbase, um, they would also have to accept that a transaction that carries data based on the exact same infrastructure would also have to be valid. Yep. That sounds, so so you're, you're, working with, you're working with some undercover companies right now. You can't say anything. Um, any updates for the future? And any more more enhancements or uh, features you'd be adding to Radon to entice people to use it more? We have a couple things in the pipeline. Um, one of our models, as far as updates, has been um, I usually don't like to talk about what we're working on until we at least have it very close to being done. Part of that comes from my background. Um, I've been involved in some coins that said, you know, they promise a bunch of really cool stuff. And so then I invest based on what they say they're going to do. And then they end up not doing it. And then I end up losing money. And I feel that when that happens, it really erodes trust in a project and it erodes trust in um, crypto in general. And because I. You know, I've had ideas that I've worked on and that fell through and didn't work. And because I don't want to give people something to invest in that might not come through, I'm very, very cautious to say, you know, we have this coming in the pipeline or we're going to try to do this until we actually have a good working proof of concept at minimum. So that said, I have a couple things I'm playing with, but I don't. I'm not confident in them enough yet to, you know, to tell people about them because I don't want people to go jumping on board um, based on something that I don't have completely working. Um, but we do have our 3.0 version, which is going to have um, definitely a lot of improvements over our previous version. Um, we're moving to a XAML GUI, which looks amazing at this point. We're adding a bunch of API, uh, HTTPS, HT, um, API integrations. So you will be able to connect to the smart chain and read smart chain data and everything um, through that API and build third-party services on top of that. Um, as far as other other features, um, I don't there's anything that I have that I'm ready to discuss other than the delegate fee system, which I think Tim talked about, um, which is kind of the last, the latest thing that we got um, up to the point where I felt comfortable announcing it. So that is actually pretty cool. That was about four weeks of work, um, a lot of coffee. Um, yeah, that's, that's about where we sit at the moment. So I do hope to have 3.0 ready and out sometime the beginning of next year. That's the plan. Hey, but may I suggest you guys working with other blockchains? Absolutely. You know, like, uh, for example, I think there's Descent, which are pretty decent, mm -hmm. and uh, are doing the file, uh, you know, they're eliminating, like, authors or, you know, companies that publish, you know, by having people publish things themselves and charge charge it themselves in their blockchain. And, uh, you know, Matesh, I believe, is the, the guy running the project. And, uh, you know, it's, it's possible for people to have their stuff 
using some type of verification. So when people buy it, they know they're buying, you know, something something valid. Right. Uh, so that that that's a cool idea, and and, and maybe if uh, you know you want to get the payment the payments like done easier. Uh, you could create and uh, you can make a RADS token on the Waves blockchain, which is coming out now. They just started, and you know they're they're gonna have uh, gateways in a couple months to the fiat and uh, the fiat system. So it'll be easy for people to to buy these tokens, which in turn are, are your RADS or you know whatever you know. So they're making like a token for uh, for USD, you know, one for the euro. That's it. You can exchange the tokens, and it'll be like exchanging uh, USD for RADs, and you know, having people easily buy it. So through their API, you could could implement that into your blockchain, so that people could just easily buy things. And you don't even have to worry about doing that whole, you know, that that whole thing that they're doing, right? Just by utilizing their their blockchain. So it's like a blockchain working with a blockchain. That makes sense. Um, I mean, I. Like I said before, I'm very hesitant to say, you know, we'll definitely do something or won't do something until we have yeah. no, a lot I'm of foundations. But, but absolutely, like, I, lo I love hearing other ideas and looking into other things. Um, just because, you know, seeing what other people are doing sometimes helps helps with ideas and as well, you know, like integration. Because other people probably do th or absolutely do things better than we do. You know, we do identities and file verification very well. Other people may do payment gateways very well, or they may do any you know anything else very well that we don't. And able to recognize that you know what our strengths are and what our strengths aren't, I think is very important. And I have absolutely no problem with partnering with people who do something very well that might not be our focus. Right. Oh, but uh. Even more than that, I, I just love seeing blockchains working with other blockchains because not only does it increase the value of blockchain technology altogether, but what it does mainly is it gets you guys to work together. So, you know, most of, most you know of these you know these coins and these uh, technologies on the blockchain that you know like Waves, they have geniuses behind. The coin, you know, and it's good to see a genius work with another genius, you know, and, and you see them come up with something even better eventually. You know, Absolutely. By, you know, so and I, I've seen that. I, I, we had Syscoin on yesterday, and Syscoin, uh, that'll be released tonight. Oh, no, I think I released it already. Uh, Syscoin said that, uh, you know, they wouldn't be been able to get as far as they, they have without the relationship they had with Supernet because the dev jl77 and you know that them you know they they spoke back and forth and he improved their technology and they improved you know each other's technology just by talking to each other about it hmm. you know so it's kind of like putting all the brains in one room you know and conquering the world yeah absolutely um kind of gets me excited you know, hold on. <laughs> So, so any uh, promotional ideas? What kind of marketing we got behind this, guys? You know, because that's what it's all about. You got to get, you got to get out there. You need a, uh, you know, a lot of good, good technologies, good coins, you know, suffer because they, for one, one reason or the other, sometimes they say they're anonymous, right? And that sucks because you can't really market anything if no, you don't want anybody to know who you are. So, you know, it kind of screws the pool trick there. Uh, you guys are not anonymous. So, what's your plan for uh, for marketing? Any good good stuff? Um, I'll let Tim talk to marketing a little bit more. Um, I personally am much better with writing code than I am with marketing. So, I have to rely on other people who are marketing experts to do most of the marketing. Uh, personally, that's not something that I am good at, but we do have some people who have been working with us that hopefully once we get this once we get 3.0 out and we have something um to demo and to actually point people to be able to do a huge amount of marketing do you have anything you want to add to that tim or yeah um one point that we were discussing where we'd like to start with community outreach 
as far as blockchain technology goes is contacting projects and offering to walk them through getting their file downloads verified because that was once a bigger issue on the forums where if you go to download a new wallet for example there were such rampant cases of fraud yeah there were viruses bro yeah i got one like that too i remember it was it was horrible they took all my ltc it's crazy man yeah, ever so since, ever since then I don't try, I don't download any anything without making making sure it's the official deal. Yeah, definitely. So we could help these projects become verified on the smart chain. And through Smart Chain Verify, their download links automatically become verification. Um it automatically verifies the software that they're trying to download. So by the act of clicking the link to download something, you're checking the checksum without even having to think about it. So once the name gets out there, oh, did you smart chain verify your file? Then it'll become something that people want, that they will need for their businesses or for their projects or for their personal life. And so aside from the normal business marketing, Google AdSense, Reddit ads, things of that nature, that's going to be our initial outreach as far as getting the word out there and from there we can begin to grow with the general business community yeah man that sounds great so like a make it like a, a a website that's so easy to use you know you just you just slap your file in there and boom there's there's your link and you check some kind of like the way bitly works you know that, would, that i could see that being used like that that's that's a great use case right there yeah definitely uh, we already have that up and working for the most part it's um, www.verify.software, nice and easy to remember. And you can just put in a direct download link where it has the file extension at the end of it. And it will check the checksum of the file, and it will look that up on the smart chain to see if a user has verified that file. And so, for example, if you wanted to, as we were talking about with the medical records earlier, if you wanted to put your medical records into a text file and record the fingerprint of that, you could put that record onto a server and be able to say, hey, go put in this download link. It'll show you that I verified it at a certain date and it's by me. So that sort of brings it again to the common person where they will be able to protect themselves against um, hacking and things of that nature. Nice, man. Very, very cool. I'm, I'm now. I'm getting more excited about this. So, yeah. So I, I see a great use case. That that's every every wallet download. You know, for every coin should should have this implemented. I remember, uh, you know, when when building the Supernet website, you know, they they gave me the download link, and you, we had to make sure the checksum was there for people to verify. And this, this seems a lot easier. You know, doing doing it like this seems like it. A great way of doing it uh and it also helps out another blockchain guys to, to you know utilize it guys this is this is going to help you all you people in crypto yeah definitely checksums that you have to read and copy and paste and all that they become a thing of the past when you start using smart chain verify that's awesome very very cool guys i'm very excited about this project uh is there anything any, anything else you guys want to throw out there? Maybe some, some little secrets here and there? Um, nothing that I can think of at the moment. I don't know if Justin has anything. I know he said he had to get going around now. but um, I, I don't really have anything else to add. Um, I just want to thank everybody for you know their support and um, watching our project and being interested in our project. And, you know, it's crypto in general um and even bitcoin is still very much a big experiment and i'm just excited to be part of it and i'm glad that other people are as excited as i am very awesome all right guys so uh is there a website people could go to uh and what what's the slack you know, give us some information people start looking into sure um our slack is Project Radon, 
Slack.com. But we're also moving over to um, Telegram. And I'm trying to find that link. Jim, you have it. It's, it's on Twitter, if anything, at, at Project Radium. Yeah. That's probably the best place to find that. And our uh, website. Our, our main website is projectradium.org. And the Smart Chain Verify, its current yeah. state is at verify.software, like I mentioned earlier. Right. That's Radon, right? R-A-D-O-N? Radium. The, yeah. Project Radium.org is the main website. Our Slack has an old name. Ah, okay. So that's yeah. why it's Radon. That's why I'm getting confused over here. Right, right. Yeah. Orig originally, way, 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 way back in the day, it was Radon, and then we changed to Radium. Oh, yeah, Radium sounds so much cooler. It's like something out of Spider-Man. Yeah, definitely. All right. So any is there if there's businesses out there that want to contact you personally, is there an email address they could contact you, do some business with you? Yeah, it's um, business at projectradium.org. You should get a reply within a day or so. All right, guys. Well, that's that's it. Uh, it's the end of the show. We ran about 20 minutes longer than I expected, but we got the scoop on Project Radium. Verify everything. Uh, don't lose your documents. Uh, this is a other niche that will help blockchain take over the world. All right, fellas. Uh, thank you for coming on. Uh, stick around two seconds. As I say bye to all my peoples here. Everybody, I love you. And uh, keep up the the hard work out there, guys. Don't don't slack. You know, tell your friends, tell your family. You know, tell them about things like this, where they can verify their files and never lose them, uh, especially after ten years. All right, guys. This is Roots signing out.